This episode of The Table Podcast is brought to you by Southern Fusion Barbecue Sauce. You can pick up some of that spicy Southern sweetness at southernfusionbbq.com. You're listening to The Table Podcast. This is more than just a podcast. It's a place we want to have beneficial, informative, and entertaining conversations, all from a Christian worldview. So thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can join the conversation, too, by emailing us at thetablepodcastsc at gmail.com. The podcast starts in three, two. Well, Mark Bishop, thanks for uh, joining me here at the table. I'm glad that, that I was able to sit down with you. I'm actually, we're sitting, what, what room are we sitting in here right we're now? We're in a Sunday, one of our Sunday school classrooms here at Landrum First Baptist. At Landrum First Baptist. And if you haven't been to the metropolis of Landrum um, <laughs> and you're in the Spartanburg, Greenville area, take a Saturday and come up and eat at the Heron Hound and see everything that Landrum has to offer because it, it is a very, very charming uh, little city and visit I'll, all the antique stores right and i love landrum at christmas time it's probably one of the best kept secrets is that do y'all still do the christmas parade at night we do with the, with the we didn't for a couple of years we just started back this year doing it at night again and it's all it was amazing so do y'all still do the uh the the yes the milk jugs or the the paper bags they used to line the streets with the paper bags they, they have not done that they've actually got some they've We've gotten we've gotten fancy in Landon. We got okay. the st- string lights that kind of light up, and they have all around the poles. Right. Actually, they leave that up year round now, so it's pretty awesome to come through at night. It's a pretty it's a it's a, it's a, it's a nice sight. So is the tea house still open? The, the tea, tea house is not okay. Um, Lake Lanier. It is not. No, that closed a few years ago. I'm 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 thinking that maybe somebody's in it. Maybe have reopened or, okay. or getting ready to or doing okay. some renovations. Of course, you hear that. Been, that's been the story a few times that, that hasn't was, come to fruition. That but. was the place to take the prom date to mm-hmm. back in 20 years ago. Yes. But uh, anyway, Mark, um, just take a couple seconds, uh, introduce yourself, tell tell us a little bit about, uh, is it First Baptist Landrum or Landrum First Baptist? Either one. Okay. <laughs> tell us about your ministry. <laughs> Depends on how long you've been here. <laughs> and uh, maybe your family, your, your kids, all that, all the good stuff about Absolutely. Mark Bishop. Absolutely. Well, um just turned 50 last year, so hit a milestone uh, birthday last year. But uh, 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 grew up in Easley, South Carolina, born in okay. 1971, uh, graduated high school from Easley in 1989, came to USC Spartanburg uh, because I wanted to play baseball. And it was a smaller school I felt like I could come to and play more quickly. And right. so did, came here, met my wife while I was at USC Spartanburg, uh, actually was going to be a physical therapist. And did an internship at an office uh, down in Spartanburg, and she was uh, the one of the office nurses there. And okay, that's Mark. How we met. Okay, uh, Mark. <laughs> so you know, you, you go, you have class and go trolling all at the same time. Now, so, what, uh, what year was this? Just this to... was probably nineteen ninety. It would been August of nineteen ninety two. Did you have a mullet? I did not have okay. a mullet. My hair is a little too curly <laughs> to get a mullet, so I I didn't get a mullet. I got an afro. If okay. I tried to grow it out, it just really. Um, I don't have the straight hair to get a mullet. You uh, and I had both. several friends that did, yeah. uh, but uh, and that was back in the Brian Bosworth days. So they all had the oh. lines cut in the hair and everything. But the uh, railroad tracks and all the, that. the railroad tracks yep. for sure. So, uh, like I said, graduated from met her in uh, my last year. I had a couple of years of eligibility with baseball left. I realized that I could really buckle down, and I was redshirted my first year, um, and then realized if I really buckled down, I could mm-hmm. finish school in a year, or I could play baseball for two more. And so I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere after this. So right. 
I left two years of eligibility on the table, so if there's anybody out there that needs somebody, I still have a couple of years of eligibility left. What position did you play? I played first base. And first base. I did a little bit of relief pitching, but could throw hard, just didn't always know where it was going. Uh, <laughs> so that was not always a good combination. Right, but right. Ended up better hitter and, and first baseman than, than a pitcher. So right. did that, but uh, did that internship in, in the fall of 92. And uh, my, my, my wife's first date uh, was the, the office there that we were – that she worked at took mm. the entire staff to Biltmore House for Christmas. Oh, and uh, I had been an intern, I had, and I had done a lot of hours there. It was a pretty extensive internship, right? And so we, uh, her and I, and the the physical therapist and the assistant that I worked with, right? Um, they were friends with Rhonda, who is my wife, right? And uh, we ate lunch together a lot every day, just kind of hanging out. Of course, out. she did. Yeah, and so. <laughs> She was kind of – I was interested in her, although I didn't say much about it. Right. She was interested in me a little bit, although she didn't say about it. But funny story, I've always looked a lot older than what mm-hmm. I am, which used to be great when I was in college. Yeah. Uh, the first day of my internship, my wife tells me later that she looks through – and you can kind of – there's a glass you could see through from the office into, into where we were. Right. And she looks through there, and she asks somebody, who's that old guy over there? <laughs> so, did you have gray hair at the time? I did not have gray hair at okay. the time. But uh, but anyway, I get, obviously, I looked older than what I yeah. was at yeah. probably, I guess, 19, 20, well, about 20, 21 years old right. at the time. So uh, she invited – They there was a, another person there who was doing an internship, and they really had never invited internships to the office party. But mm-hmm. I really I'm, – I'm a people person, so – I had, never would have guessed yeah, that. That doesn't come no, through. Yeah, no, right. Doesn't come off so, at all. Uh, we, so she invited me. So I always, I always laugh about this. I said she actually asked me out on our first date. Oh. Because she invited me to go on the office Christmas party. Independent woman, I see. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And uh, right. so, so she invited me, and uh, I went with them, and that was kind of our first date. Uh, about a week later, we probably really had our first date date, uh, and uh, and rest is kind of history. We got yeah. married, and and. Uh, May of 1994, right, and then we have two daughters, uh, one okay. who now is 24 and is a nurse and got married and wow. got married in the wonderful year of 2020. Oh um, gosh! So we actually had a we actually had a full blown wedding in October of 2020. Believe it or not, everybody uh, there were they all masked up or well, was it some, optional? Some thing? Did, it was an optional thing. We didn't require yeah. anybody, and thankfully, as far as we know, nobody got sick uh, wow. as part of that wedding. We had about 300 folks or so at the reception and. Had a blast. Did you catch any flack for that? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Uh, my, well, I didn't as much. My wife was working at a place at the time that oh. caught some flack uh, for it. But, um, but you know, we, we made that decision, and, and she was up front with them and, and was even willing to take an extra week off of work, which mm-hmm. she ended up they ended up asking her to do. But, right. um, but you know, we, we just made that decision, and we were going to go with it, and we did right. it. Uh, so, But thankfully, like I said, we, we took all the precautions we could. We disinfected and cleaned and all that wonderful stuff. And Now it kind of seems funny. It, it, but, it really does. Then it yeah. was serious, but right. now it seems a little funny. But uh, So she got married, um, uh, and then a, a daughter that just graduated last Wednesday. Okay, from? Um, from Lander University. Lander, okay. And she's going to be teaching uh, kindergarten at the High Point Academy this fall. Okay. So already got a job, and as I say, man, that's the last one off the payroll. Hey. So that's always a good thing. And, so is uh, it officially an empty nest now? Uh, well, she's actually moved back home. So no. <laughs> she, she, she's going she's gonna to stay at home with us for a little while. Okay. And um, while she kind of gets her feet on the ground. Right. And, 
right. and you know, pays off a little bit of college debt, yep. and, and and then she'll probably find a place. And you know, hopefully, will the Lord will lead somebody into her life, and yep. and she'll get married at some point too. So, does that do uh, Daddy's heart good to have his baby girl coming back? It's home not a, a it's bit? not a terrible thing. Okay, me and her are a lot alike, so okay. we can butt heads occasionally. Okay, but, uh, but, it, right. but it's good. So, um, that's a little bit you know personally uh, right. kind of brings me to where I am today. Been in, I've been in Landrum for fifty for I'm sorry for a little over thirteen years. So where were you before you came? I to was Landrum? I started in ministry in two thousand. So I've been in ministry a little over twenty two okay. years. That's when I graduated high school. Oh, cool. so. well, that makes me feel young. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Any chance I, I get? I did. That's right. I did. Um, oh man, I was in secular work. I sold. I was in sales. I got, well, to go back, I was going to physical therapy school. When I got right. out, it was very competitive. Mm-hmm to get into physical therapy school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's about a year waiting list. And while that time I had been working in a textile mill mm-hmm. and they af- offered me to come into management training after I graduated college, right. I did that. And then about about a year after that, year and a half, uh, I got offered a job to go into textile machinery sales. Mm-hmm. So I traveled in sales all over the East Coast from Brookhaven, Mississippi to Guilford, Maine, uh, and anywhere in between. That is interesting because the guy that I just had on the podcast talking about um, his struggles with bipolar issues was uh, his parents. He would he would sell uh, and work on textile machinery wow. or kind of sell textile machinery mm-hmm. around the nation. And yeah. so y'all may have crossed paths. It's very possible, very possible. We uh, And I, I had the opportunity to travel to France, to Germany uh, with that company, and, mm-hmm. and really got a got an opportunity to meet a lot of different people, mm-hmm. a lot of different walks of life, backgrounds, educational backgrounds. Right. And, and really, the Lord really used that in my life to teach me how to communicate with people mm-hmm. one-on-one uh, of all different backgrounds. And, and like I said, even education levels. You, you, you could be talking to a, a loom fixer in a, in a weave room that might right. have a sixth-grade education but mm-hmm. knows everything about a, a weaving machine mm-hmm. in a textile mill. Or you might be talking to a owner of a company who has a phd right and uh and, and is just a brilliant mind so, so you were learning learning being all things to all people before way before i was here thinking uh, uh, about ministry right so so what happens mark bishop is on on the the salesman circuit doing mm-hmm. his thing selling textile stuff what happens that brings you that god pulls you into ministry i, I really i i I've been in church my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say I've been a fully devoted follower of Christ, all of that. I, I worship sports, and, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little bit in a few minutes. But Because I was an athlete. I started playing sports at right. five years old right? Um, and, and just went through life. And, of course, the, the dream of every small kid, I'm going to play professional sports. And then you finally realize at one point um, I don't quite have the skill set that those guys have. Right. And so enjoyed it, loved it, would ne- wouldn't change anything. Um in sales, uh, had struggled, had 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 a little bit of an inkling of God's call on my life, uh, and, and was really sought some counsel, some wise counsel. And you know, one of the things you always hear people say is, mm-hmm. you know, if you can do anything else and enjoy it, go do it. Yep. So I kind of tried, and, yeah. and during that whole time when I was in sales, I, I, I had about three different jobs. I left that the company I was in sales with. I left mm-hmm. them one time to go. Um, Work with some friends of mine that opened up a mobile home sales lot. Okay. So I sold mobile homes for about seven or eight months. Right. Realized that was not what I wanted to do the rest of my life. Right. And was offered another job from a guy in my church with a janitorial, the janitorial company. Was an area manager for a janitorial company. Right. The funny thing is, I never went looking for jobs. That was they always mean. came yeah. to me. And then while I was working for that janitorial company, the company that I'd worked for in sales called me back and offered me a, a different position with the same company. Right, so, right. So, I mean, I, I, that, that, I felt good that I always 
try to do a good job, right. but I couldn't get settled. I'm sure my in-laws, mm-hmm. and they've said it before, they thought I was going to be the guy that just job hopped for the rest of my life wow. because I couldn't yeah. get settled. But the whole time really was I was always looking for that fit, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't there. Right. And the story I've told many times, I was struggling with it. I was um, really, really sold out to the Lord by this time, about 24 years old. Right. I was baptized at like five years old. Yeah. Were you attending church here? Or oh, were you? I was, I was at Rock Springs Baptist Church in Easley. Okay. Uh, near, while I was in college, the church, I had gone to a little smaller church in Easley. Right. But when I was in college and I came back, I was working a weekend shift those last couple of years, that last year of college. Right. So I would go to, I would go to, um, Work on 12 noon on Saturday, get off at 12 midnight, go back in at 12 noon on Sunday, get off at 12 midnight. Gross. So I work, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> That's gross. So I worked 24 hours, got paid for 36, which was nice. Wow. A okay. little weekend mini shift. And um, and then I'd come back and go to school all week. Right. So the church that I was going to didn't have an early service or anything. Mm-hmm. So um, my sister and her husband are going to another church, going to this other church. I'd, so I'd kind of gotten out of church for, huh. of course, playing baseball, you're playing on the weekends. Yeah. So really... Even the summers, I'd come home, I'd kind of be involved, but um, really had gotten out of church for a couple, three years there during my college years right. and kind of was in danger of being one of those people that, you know, one of those college students that we lose and never get back, I guess. And uh, my sister and brother-in-law invited me to, to Rock Springs because they had built a new sanctuary and had gone to one service, and now they— Looks like Six Flags Ever Jesus going yeah, down they, 123 they, over they there. Have, they <laughs> built several sanctuaries uh, now. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and really phenomenal ministry there. But, right. but what really got me was they invited me, and uh, I came back and started going to early service with them. So I'm you know, working these hours, but I'm getting I'm going to church at 8.30 on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. And then they had a, a, a small group Sunday school class that was college age, and there was a, a couple in there by the name of uh, Bob and Shannon Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. And um, a good friend of mine also who I went to high school with was there, and, and he was involved in that class. And that just really got me back connected right. uh, in church and, and, and really back into what I grew up and knew in my mm-hmm. faith. But really at 24 years old, after Ron, my wife and I were married, about mm-hmm. a year, um, I, made a, I made a profession of faith that I, I say, you know, was I saved at five years old, born again? My mom will tell you that if I wasn't, nobody was. Right. But I wasn't sure of that. Right. So at 24 years old, I really nailed that down. Right. Uh, I asked, talked to you know, Dr. Pastor Gallimore over there who— is still my pastor. I, I call mm-hmm. him my pastor to this day. Yeah. Um, he he he. We talked about it, and I was baptized. Right. Um, at 24, and that was the moment that I know that I really surrendered my life to Christ. Wow. And so, at, at that point, really began to struggle with it. And for about the next four years, four and a half years, mm. back and forth. You told you about some of those jobs. Right. And, and uh, I guess I was 28 years old. I was traveling in South Boston, Virginia. I was leading a Bible study at our church, a men's Bible study. At our church, and this Bible study we were doing, um, you know, it would each night usually you'd it'd tell you to go read a passage of scripture, and then you right. and I was kind of preparing to lead that. It was a Wednesday night. I was in South Boston, Virginia. We had a, a machinery installation going on mm-hmm. there, and I, my wife and I talked about it, and, and I, I knew I was going to be gone the whole week, and I and I just told her that I really wanted her to pray that I was going to be praying that I really, I really, I've got to settle this. Either either God wants me in ministry or this is something that's just in my mind that I've got to get out of my mind. Right. So I want, I want God to confirm this. Right. And the good friends of mine gave me some wise counsel and said, you know, to pray specifically. So mm. that night I was praying and um, that Wednesday night, which sometimes I, when I was out traveling, I would go find a little church to go to or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. And um, that particular uh, Wednesday night I didn't. I just said, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to spend some time in prayer. And, and I really did. I, I got down and and just prayed and talked to the Lord, mm-hmm. 
and I, my my prayer was, Lord, if this is what you're calling me to, and I, I you I, I was I'm 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 kind of big on the whole idea of calling. I, mm-hmm. I really believe in that. I know some of our more modern stuff that you know kind of shies away from right. that, but right. I know in 22 years there's been a few times that if I didn't know and have this definitive call on my life, right. I might have walked away from it. Wow. Um, but uh, I was I was talking to the Lord, and, and just, I was saying, Lord, if this is what you're calling to, Lord, show me somehow. Give mm. me a Bible verse. Give me a, a verse of Scripture right. that tells me that this is your calling on my mm. life. This is what you're calling me to. This is what you want me to do. That's That was my basic gist of my prayer. So I get up, I pick up the little Bible study I'm doing, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the verse to read that night is turned to, uh, is First Peter 2.21. <laughs> So this is what 1 Peter 2, 21 says. The first few words of 1 Peter, remember I just prayed, it says, for you were called to this. <laughs> now, I read past that at first. Did you throw the Bible across the room? I almost did. <laughs> um, you know, so so I, I kind of, I read past it at first, and then, I, and then it's like the Holy Spirit said, hey, dummy, go back yeah. and look at that again. Get back over here, yeah. You just asked me to give you a verse. Right. Here's your verse. And so... Man, I'm t- that has been that has been the verse throughout my ministry that has just said this is what I'm supposed to do. When it's hard, um, you know, <laughs> if if a minister tells you they didn't think about quitting in 2020, they're lying um, because it was that was a difficult year. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been and there are always there's years like that that are man are just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And there are years that you're just like, am I am I making any difference at all? Right. And so, but and that verse has been the one that no, this is what the Lord's called me to do. Yeah. So. That at that moment, that Sunday, we went home. My my wife, same kind of things happening with her. Just mm. the Lord confirmed it. Of course, at that time, we had one daughter who was probably two years old. Wow. No, yeah, she's one year old at that time uh, because she was born in '97. And then about a two year journey. So uh, ironically, with the conversation that we had before we turned the mics on, yeah, I'm right now where you were, except I'm about to turn forty this mm-hmm. you know this year. Um, I'm right where you were at that point because yeah. my son's one year old right now. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and you know, so made that decision. We we you know, went forward at our church, and you know, they confirmed us and and uh, began to say, okay. So what do we do next? And it was uh, January of 2000. A good friend of mine uh, by the name of Brad Kelly mm-hmm. had been the youth pastor at Powdersville First Baptist Church. Okay, which was just across, not far up the road from where I was serving at it at Rock exactly Springs. Um, of course, yeah. I, that, by that time I'd been serving as a a uh, 10th grade Sunday school teacher and, right. and filling in with for you know the student ministry if the youth pastor was out. So I had gotten involved in, in some right. ministry aspects and and he was leaving to go to a church full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was back in sales with uh, the company I was Lewis P. Batson Company who I worked for at the time and um, and so he called hey would you be interested in coming up here part time? I'm, I'm, I'd like to give my pastor your name yeah. as I leave because he was leaving on good terms. Right. And I said yeah that's cool and mm-hmm. so I went there in January of uh, um, 2000. Mm. That August was called there full time, and left Lewis P. Batson Company. T- took the big leap of faith and mm. left that. And uh, the Lord really has provided. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. We had made that commitment to be uh, to stay at home with our children. Right. And uh, like so, we just had the one at the time, but mm. uh, and we didn't feel like the Lord was calling us uh, to 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 back up on that commitment. Uh, right. We had our house on the market. To right. sell because we were going to try to downsize. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how God works that the church just 
came through and, and, and with some of the different aspects of tax breaks and stuff that you right. can get uh, along the way with housing allowances and stuff, um, we, uh, we didn't have to move. I mean, the, the day we were voted in, we began doing the, all the you know, calculations. That's and awesome. The Lord let us stay where we were. That's cool. And we were there for uh, we were there for four. We, I was I was at pastor for four years. Then got called to my first pastorate in two thousand and uh, uh, four. So uh, that wasn't here. No, that was not here. Okay. That was in Manning, South Carolina. Just Man. and, well, and, and Paxville is actually okay. where it was at. Uh, where is that at? It's in between Sumter and Manning, South Carolina. Oh my goodness! It's in the mid. It's in the the. The Midlands of South Carolina. Okay, I, I interviewed for a position at First Baptist Sumper, Sumter yeah. for their student ministry position. Mm-hmm. There's nothing out there. Yeah, it is. There's nothing. It is a different Mark, area. How did, okay, how did you... It was a big transition. How did you convince, or convince, how, like, what was the process like with getting your wife on board to move because Sumter's out in the middle of nowhere. And if and, Sumter in Paxville is go to nowhere, turn left. Right. And, and drive 25 more nothing miles. But, nothing but tobacco fields and messed up corn, roads. corn fields, yeah. soybean. Right. One, one, one big farm of, uh, collards. That was always interesting when they cut the collards. We're, we're, I bet it smelled great. It did smell like you were cooking collards in your house. <laughs> uh, it sure as you rode down the road. But then the other times of the year when they were getting the fields ready and they would, spray these massive fields with chicken manure oh, uh, you couldn't walk outside for two days or roll down your window mm, uh, because I can't, it would, I be, can't even it would be difficult but it was it was a great ministry we it was really funny i talked to the church a couple of times and, and my wife and i one saturday by this time caroline my youngest daughter was born right. in 2000 um i mean i started i started my part-time ministry position at powersville first mm-hmm. Mid January of twenty of two thousand, right. my youngest daughter was born February first of two thousand. Right. So we started. <laughs> not only that, I I, you know, I didn't have any seminary. I didn't have any religious education. So right. that August, when I went full time at Powdersville in two thousand, I started seminary uh, at, at Anderson Extension Center with Southeastern Seminary. Cakewalk, right? Absolutely. You know, crammed yeah. three years into five, <laughs> and in, in two thousand five, you saw like me at North Greenville get my undergrad. There you go. <laughs> 2005 got my uh, got my uh, uh, master divinity degree uh-huh. from there, but was it Paxville from 2004 about September October 2004 until March of 2009, and then March of 2009 is when I came to Lantern First okay. Baptist. Came here as the associate pastor. Okay, I had a good friend of mine who was the pastor here. He called and asked me to come, and uh, in, in 2009 we came here as a, a associate pastor of discipleship and administration. So, so it was like moving to the big metropolis. Yeah, from from where y'all from came Paxville from. Still back to Landrum was it was coming back home. My wife grew up in this area, Bowling right. Springs, uh, Inman area. Y'all were closer to a Walmart here than y'all were there. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was ten miles to the closest grocery store <sighs> in Paxville. So, um, but but I will say this: some of the best people I've ever met in my life down there. Right. Um, loved us. Loved my children. Right. It was a slowdown. I mean, it was almost to a screeching halt as far as the pace of life mm-hmm. compared to what we had in the easily Greenville area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was at a time in our in our lives and our ministry that we needed it. Yeah, um, and it was a blessing. It really that. was. And, and and they were patient. Um, my first pastorate, uh, I can remember still asking David Gallimore, um, "Hey, what do I do? I'm, I'm going to my first pastorate. What, what's the yeah. advice you give me?" And wow. and I and if anybody's listening who might be thinking about ministry, or you're going to your first pastorate. Yeah, this is the greatest advice that anyone could ever give. Hmm. Uh, he told me, he said, "Your first year, mm. 
preach the word, mm-hmm. love people. Right. Don't change anything. <laughs> he said, if you'll go down there and you'll preach the word and you'll love on people for the first year, yep. they'll follow you pretty much wherever yep. you want to go. Yep. Um, moving forward, and that was and, some of the. And if they don't. There's kind of a sign, hey. Exactly, and, 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 he, and we talked about that, <laughs> right. too. He, he said you know, there's always going to be some that are going to leave. There's going to be some right. that are going to – you're going to win over. Right. And there's going to be some who are just going to be firmly planted, and you just got to plow around them. Right. So you here at First Baptist Landrum, you are in a more historically traditional church because it's, it's right in the city center. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed when I come in, were those the, the local air raid sirens on top of the church? Is this – We actually have bells that Oh, those play. are your bells. Those okay. are, we do have a bells that um, – <laughs> That play at twelve and six. That's okay. <laughs> it could be because we have we do yeah, have that we right. do have that over here at the at, at the first Saturday of every month at one o'clock. Right. You hear the sirens mm-hmm. go off and, and you're uh, deaf for about five minutes. There you go. Yep. But we love being here. We've been. Like I said I was I was here for almost five years as the uh, uh, associate pastor. Right. Discipleship. Our pastor resigned in August of twenty thirteen. Right. Uh, and August the seventeenth of twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny. Uh, Fifty-one weeks uh, to the day that our pastor, who is who, and my friend who was here, that resigned. Uh, Fifty-one weeks to the day, and on my birthday, hmm. August seventeenth of twenty fourteen, uh, the church called me as their lead pastor, senior pastor, whatever you want to call it, and right. uh, and I've been in that role now for a little over seven, going on eight years. Right. And so there's a lot of directions that we can go, and and maybe we can, you know have you on another time to talk a little bit more about ministry and mm-hmm. the challenges of COVID yeah. and all those different things. I think um, where we crossed paths was um, I was uh, still green behind the ears, getting my start with FCA. Um, and I know that you and, and First Baptist Landrum invest a lot in the ministry of FCA. Yes, and so um, I, I wanted to have a meeting with you, not knowing that you had that investment mm-hmm. already in FCA, but right. you were still gracious to sit down and listen and yeah. and talk to me and and all that and um, I'm thankful for that because it, it what it did was it at least um, helped me get a rep in because mm-hmm. um, of not really knowing someone but right. knowing someone that that is is a, a lead pastor of a, of a larger church in a community mm-hmm. I needed to have those conversations um, right. in order for support raising and all that other stuff mm-hmm. um, but you know I come across you too, uh, kind of a, a side hobby, a side hobby. I say side hobby, but um, not. I don't know if many people know this, but you also do refing, football You're, officiating. Fo- mm-hmm. Football officiating. Excuse I, me. I've done. I've done all three. <laughs> I've done. I've done baseball, softball. I've done basketball. Right. But really, probably been more solidified in football officiating. Right. So we got to get this out of the way too. Um, you're you're a baseball guy. I, I am a baseball guy. Played baseball. Really played baseball, football, basketball. I started right. at five years old, playing all three sports. So, who's your baseball f- favorite baseball team, and why is it the Atlanta Braves? It is the Atlanta Braves okay. because <laughs> ma- mainly because I grew up. Yeah, watch, of course they were one of the ones on TV then. Right. Um, but then Dale Murphy fan. Right. You know, I, I'm one of the Atlanta fans. I have the right to cheer for the Braves right. because I pulled for them when they were awful. Yeah. And when they were trading away all their great players, mm-hmm. and you know, and so. I grew up a Braves fan. Right. Um, always have pulled for the Braves. You know, I was you, know, you pull for different players and stuff mm-hmm. too. But, uh, but yeah, I was a Braves fan. So you've witnessed the '95 and '2021. Yes, I was in college in the '95. Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, I was in college. I just graduated college actually when they won it. Yeah, I was I was in college when 
they beat the the Pirates to go to the World Series the first time right. against Minnesota. Right. Ended up getting beat. Beat. But um, yeah, we were. That Kirby was a great Puckett. night. I remember. I know. Still Kirby don't like. Puckett. Still don't like Kirby Puckett. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, but so yeah, so I played. But I was I was fortunate enough and blessed to, to get right. some scholarship to play baseball at University of South Carolina at Spartanburg, right. University of USC Upstate. Now, do you still call it the Rifles? I still call it. We were the we were the Rifles. Will always be the Rifles. Running Rifles. Yeah. Yep. I, I wish we had been the Spartans. At least that sounded cool. Right. You know. You know when your mascot's a rifle, it's kind of hard to be cool. But anyway, uh, we we had some really good teams. Uh, we right. were, I was there. We transitioned from NA, NAI to NCA Division Two. Mm-hmm. That at that yeah. point, now they're at NCA Division One. Right. So um, and I and I did I've done I did a little bit of work with them even last year, uh, being a chaplain for their baseball and softball programs. Okay. Didn't didn't it, it was it was a good good experience. Um, didn't quite pan out. Didn't quite pan out right. as well. Just the time that I have. Uh, right. They, it needs somebody who's a little more flexible than right. it being a senior pastor has sometimes and, and you your priority is to invest in your church and your community absolutely that's that's priority absolutely. number one and then everything else kind of comes in line right there but, so so you you play baseball and and so you get into officiating mm-hmm. how do you how, how do you get into officiating how did you get did you get roped into it did you what happened well it was kind of one of those things you know honestly it's kind of funny because when we were in manning mm-hmm. um we would go to we, we, we i've always been involved in the local school system, wherever, wherever I have pastored, I just think if, if you're a pastor and you're not involved in your local school system, you are missing, number yep. one, a great blessing, right. and you're also missing a great opportunity. Yeah, and if you don't know how to plug, 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 if you don't know how to get involved in local school, contact your local FCA area rep because he would more than willing to guide, o- open the door for you and let you get in. Anyway, and and FCA, <laughs> and of course, we had FCA you know, when I was in high school. I've always been affiliated with FCA. Right. Um, and, but but you know, always been involved in high school. Of course, my my girls both played sports, so I coached those. But we would go to football games mm-hmm. at Manning. Now, baseball was a natural. Um, I umpired that a good right. bit. Um, basketball kind of got into officiating a little bit. I never never really pursued that a whole lot. Uh, just time factors. But in the high school league of South Carolina, um, there is a process to get involved in mm-hmm. that. And I. Had, in Manning, I would I would go to games and, mm-hmm. and I would sit there and I would watch some of the officials that were on the field and and, and unfortunately a lot of times down there because it's kind of a remote area two mm-hmm. A high school I think at Manning um, you didn't really have the best officials always on the field right and, and you had guys that I mean literally looked like they were one breath away from you know, needing to call the funeral home and uh, and so sometimes you sit there. I was at a baseball game last night that I, I kind of was like, man, I hope I'm I'm hope I'm able to move that well when I get that gentleman's age. Exactly like, right. It, and, and, yeah. and, and, and and but these guys were out there; they were committed, and I've met right. a lot of great great officials. Um, but you know, you sit in the stands and you think I could do that, right? And I've always loved. I tell people all the time: the only thing I miss from high school, the right. only thing I miss from high school, is Friday night. Yeah, I loved Friday night football. It, it I love being on the field. What the environment, the atmosphere, right. and so. When I came to Landrum in 2009, I didn't I didn't know how to get in. I didn't know how to even start that. Wow. So in 2009, I came I come to Landrum. Uh, at that time, our fire department was a was a volunteer fire department, mm-hmm. and I and our pastor was a volunteer fireman. Mm-hmm. So they were having a little cookout for lunch. I think we came here if it was lunch or dinner, and, right. and they invited me. I was a new guy in town. Hey, come, come down over, meet the boys, meet the guys. Yeah. And I said, cool, that's great. So they're cooking some hamburgers, and I'm standing outside with a guy who's a member of our church, a mm-hmm. guy by the name of Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe had been officiating football for 30-plus years at that time. I think he ended up doing 45 years, probably getting close to 40 years at that time. Right. And um, we're just sitting talking football. And he 
asked the question, we ever thought about officiating? Hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, honestly, yeah, I have, but I don't really know what to do or how to do it. He said, well, I've been doing it for you know, so long. And he said, we actually just started our rules meetings. If you'd like to sign up, you know, we got a rules meeting Monday night. Come down there. You can get signed up and right. check it out and see if you like it or not. So how's, how's the process for you? From uh, uh, do you have to shadow somebody after you get Every, go through test or what? Well, th- there's like 13 districts of officials in the state of South Carolina. Okay, and we're all under what we call the SCFOA, which is the South Carolina Football Officials Association. Right. And um, but there's 13 districts. The district that we're in uh, is District Two, which mm-hmm. covers Spartanburg, Union, and Cherokee County. Right. Counties. So. Um, uh, at that time, we were meeting at, I think, Spartanburg Community College was where right. we were meet, they were holding their meetings at. And uh, so we go down there, and, and basically you start in April. We just started. We, we're in like we're like three or four weeks in this year right now. So we usually start right around Easter, right. and we meet once a week, uh, and we just go through the rules. Right. Uh, in the rule book for, South Carolina, for the National Federation of High School uh, League football, I think there's Ten rules. Ten rules that are all broken down into subsections and all kind of dealing with various aspects of the mm. game. And so we start each week we'll cover a rule and kind of talk. Well, then now with spring practice, and this has even evolved in the 13 years that I've been in right. um, uh, football, you, now you have more spring games. So mm-hmm. new new guys get in, right. uh, new ladies get in even right. now uh, and, and come, and we, we, we help teach them the rules. Right. We then we work through because um, we have a big exam in July, mm-hmm. big clinic of all officials. We go down there and you have to take this hundred question exam. Yeah. Make sure you know your stuff Make before sure you, you know get the on rules. the field. Make yeah. sure you know your rules. But but to really to, for young officials, there's there's a, a rating process that happens, and really for younger officials, you're not really going to get a Friday night game most of the time. Right. In your first two or three years. Okay, so it's um, mainly going to be JV, J- C-team Your, your stuff. training ground is C-team, JV, middle school, right. that kind of stuff. And some guys get into doing some little league stuff, which right. while it's a lot, it's, there's some difference in the rules there, it gets you around the game. Right. So we encourage that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had been around football my whole life. I thought I knew the rules <laughs> yeah, until you got in the rule book. Right. Um, and then you realize, wow, I don't know as much as I thought I did. Wow. But I, I've – I've been blessed. Uh, my first year, I was able to score fairly high on the test, which is mm-hmm. about 40% of, of your rating. Right. Um, other points you really can't get until you get more experience. Right. So that's what keeps you – and you're, you're, you're assigned games based on your rating. Right. But I had shown some promise. I, I showed – I work line judge, which is, right. for those of you who don't know, that's the on the line of scrimmage on mm-hmm. the home sideline. Mm-hmm. So I'm over there with the coaches. Oh, yeah. Um, and, You've ran and past me several times that's on the right. sidelines. <laughs> so – you know, and so we, we work and you work hard and, and really your other officials in your district are watching mm-hmm. you on your Thursday night games at JV games. And, and we're blessed in this area. Uh, we, we probably have some of the best football in the state of South Carolina in yeah. in that district. Right. Spartanburg Union in, in Cherokee County because you're talking about Gaffney. You're yeah. talking about Burns, Dorman, Spartan High. You know, <laughs> Bowling Springs. Bowling Springs. <laughs> and Bowling Springs has had some great teams right, over the last right, few years. Right. Um you know, but when you're playing against all those guys, you better. Yeah. Uh, you know, but also Broome, Union, County. Right. I mean, th- there's a lot of really – and we tell a lot of our folks, especially new people, because people get frustrated not getting the Friday night games, right. you know, early on. But if you're going and working a, a Burns-Dorman right. JV game, mm-hmm. you, that's going to be better than a lot of 
Friday night one or two a varsity yeah. game. Abbeyville meets work. whatever. Right. Yeah. So, so that's the process as you kind of work through that. I was very fortunate. Um, uh, like I said, I did well on the test that first year, so kind of bumped my rating a little higher. Right. I had shown a little bit of you know ability around and just able to move and and mm-hmm. football football acumen, I guess you would call yeah. it. Um, and so I was able to get a game on Friday night at Broom High School. Okay. My my very first year. What year was that? Ninth. That'd been 2009. Been fall of 2009. Okay, so Jet was still there. Was mm-hmm. Jet there? I think so. Okay. I think I think I can't remember, yeah. but so but I actually worked linesman that night, which is working the chains. Right. The the, the official on the chain. Chain gang. Yep. Because we had a guy in our district that got injured and couldn't mm-hmm. work that night, so it opened up an opportunity, and my district director thought enough of me to. To put me on the field on a so Friday you ta- night. So when you were running the chain crew, were you were you taking mental reps as a referee going, okay, that just happened? That Oh, absolutely. Those things. Well, and you, we work as a crew. And right. one of the things we talk about a lot is it's not up to just the white, the re- the white hat or the yeah, referee. The, yeah, the head referee um, and the white it's hat. It's up to the whole crew of officials to make sure you get the call right. Right. And, and one of the things we encourage our young guys is, is you're learning. Right. You know, if we come together, when you see officials come together, a lot of times it gets frustrating as a fan because right. officials are coming together and you're like, oh, my goodness, would you yeah. just hurry up and make the call? Y'all are not talking about where you're going to eat after the game. Exactly. We're, <laughs> we're making sure because we understand the importance that you know, you've got coaches that are jobs are on the line. Right. You've got kids who have – worked out all summer and mm-hmm. you know and maybe maybe this is a game that has playoff implications and right. maybe this is a game that you know th- this coach really needs to win or, or mm-hmm. every game's a big game for when you're at that school right so we're we're getting together trying to make sure we get the call correct mm-hmm. and so sometimes one of the officials may come in and, and question what somebody's called maybe they saw it a little differently and that's why sometimes you'll see a flag get waved off, or right, uh, or, or, or we're making sure the penalty enforcement's correct. Right. You know, there's a lot of aspects to what's happening there that you want to make sure you get right. Right. And so, so you know, we we always encourage guys, hey, speak up. Right. If you don't understand what's being called, ask. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't think it's the right call, speak up. Uh, we're not going to get mad at you because because hopefully if you're there, well, most of us aren't going to get yeah. mad at you. Um, we want to get it right. It's an opportunity to learn, it's too, It's an opportunity the to guy. learn. Yeah. It's an opportunity to get it right. So you're always taking mental reps. You're always watching what everybody's right. calling. You're making sure that, you know, where they're marking the penalty off is the right mm-hmm. place, where, right. you know, how, how many yards they're marking off is the right thing. Right. So always those things that um, you're looking at. But so you, you work through that, and then hopefully you, you continue to get better and do well on the test because you study your rule book mm-hmm. you're, you know, throughout the year, not just when you're getting ready to take a test. Right. And uh, and then you go out on the field and you're evaluated by your other officials that you're officiating with. Yep. You get you know points for you know, participating in the rules meetings and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, you basically, it's out of a hundred points. You know, you get end up getting a rating. All right. And uh, based on that rating, is based on what what level of games you get. So so when you get your assignment on a, for a Friday night as mm-hmm. a football official, is it is it all handed out in the year, like at the beginning of the year, or is it week to week? It's week two to weeks? week. It's week. Uh, usually, we get about two weeks at a time. Now, with COVID and over the last couple of years, there right. again, it's been a whole because there'd be games canceled, mm-hmm. game, you know, that kind of thing. So it's been more week to week. Usually, by usually we have about two weeks out. Like usually, we'll get our right. assignments are released on Friday, and that'll be for two weeks. So right. sometimes, right before, you know, before you're going to your game that night, mm-hmm. you're getting your assignment either for the next week or the week after sometimes. Okay. So usually a week, usually two weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get to like playoff time, it's week to week. Yeah. Not asking you to name names, but yeah. but when are, are there coaches that are a little harder to diff- deal with than others? Or is it 
There they, are. I mean, yeah. well, there, there's there's guys who are more vocal, right? Um, uh, there are guys who are, um, who who <laughs> there are guys who like to play play games with you a little bit, right? Um, I was over at um, I was over at one particular school, and well, actually, I'll tell you that <laughs> uh, Jeff Tate, yeah, at Wren High School, yeah, and Coach Tate's a great guy, great coach. Right. Uh, but he he likes to he likes to mess with you a little bit, and he he's he's one of the more vocal coaches. Yeah. Well, I was over there for an upper state championship game between Wren and this is in the playoffs, three two or three years ago. Yeah. Anyway, he was upper state championship game. It was it was the year they it was the year they won the state championship. Okay. So it's been a couple couple years ago. I'm there. I'm on his sideline because it's at Wren High School, mm-hmm. and um, he is. Uh, there's a guy that I played American Legion ball with in Easley yeah. who is one of his assistant coaches. Right. So they know you. So he, Randy, Randy, uh, it was the guy's name. He yeah. knows me. He comes up and we're talking before we, we he comes right. up and we say hello. Too fat before the game. That's, that's what happens. Game. Yeah. And uh, it, it, we're somewhere in middle middle of the first quarter. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and Coach Tate's one of them. He's always trying to get a call for his players. Right. And and that's okay. I don't I don't mind a coach doing that. Right. Um, but he has a little bit of reputation. Some guys, I don't have a I don't have a coach that I would say I just really don't want to go call his game. Right. Um, there, I know there's guys who are going to be a little more vocal. aggressive and yeah. vocal. There's other guys who are just going to be a pleasure to deal with mm-hmm. and, and, and no problem, ever. Um, <laughs> but you know, so Coach Tate comes up behind me about halfway through the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And I forget the exact wording he uses, but I, I can tell Randy's been talking to him, and, and he—I guess he saw us talking—and mm-hmm. he comes up and references, you know, so a call was made that I didn't make the call, but somebody else made it. Right? And, Come on, now, listen, you're you're an easy American Legion baseball player. You know better than that. <laughs> so yeah, he kind of gets in your ear a little bit. So so coaches coaches they'll they'll try to press your buttons a little bit. Right. Um. Obviously, you can tell by by this podcast even. I'm a communicator, and and, right. and 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 one. I think that's one of the things that helps me right. as an official is is I communicate with the coach, right. and I try to find out what's going on for him. I try to find out. I try to let him know. But then also too, when when that coach is getting, I've had several coaches who will, they'll get up in your ear, and right. I think I even got Coach Tate that night because he was on <laughs> about something and going on about something, and I just finally I said, Coach, you know better than that, <laughs> and and, the, and usually they'll just kind of. They'll just kind of grin right. at you because they they know right. that you got them. Right, and, and you, you can't be afraid of that. And, and and my eyes were open to kind of that world a couple weeks back. It was it was on the diamond with uh, Bowling Springs baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were playing a team. Coach didn't like the 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 opposing Coach player. The, the well, you know, I, I played at USCS with Lipscomb. Oh well, that was probably. I mean, were they still writing on stone tablets at that I point? I think they were back then. Uh, <laughs> no, Coach Lips a great guy. I, I've I've enjoyed being able to be around that baseball team. Oh, and, yeah. and what was funny is the the team we were playing that night. The the head coach was on the third baseline, and 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 he was very vocal from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a play. I'll I'll, I'll explain the play to you. Running from first to second, it was a, it was a line drive base. It was a grounder skipped through between first and second, mm-hmm. and the ball has nicked the cleat of the runner as he was in transition between first mm-hmm. and second. Obvious call. He's out. He's out. Um, well, he of course went to you know went to bat for his for his player. Right. Started arguing, um, and it was funny because he he was he wasn't disrespectful up in the face of the of the ref. But it was you could definitely probably smell what was on his breath. He was so right, close. I understand. And and when it was all said and done, 
everything settled down, and he walked kind of between the third baseline and the and the opposing dugout. And he looked at Lip, and he was just like, "I had to do it just to, just for the principle of doing it." Had to fight it, for my team. Had to fight right. for the team. Yeah. And two minutes later, that same referee and that coach were laughing and yucking mm-hmm. it up. And that's right. It kind of, it kind of opened my eyes to the theatrics that that are sometimes. And, and also too, and I think this is where we have to realize it's not personal. Yeah. Um. And and I had a situation that you were, you were there. <laughs> Um, uh, just last season, I was going to bring that up, but I, yeah. I didn't know what I was going to bring it up. J- just last season, um, and and I've had those those situations, but probably that's probably one of the most animated. He was in your ear too. Well, and the thing was, it it wasn't a call that I made. It was you know obviously a game that was kind of getting out of hand, right? Um, and and what game was it? Re- it was rem- Gaffney. It was Gaffney. Yeah, and and it was a it was a drive that Bowling Springs had going. The Gaffney was driving. Gaffney was Gaffney driving. was driving. Um, they were probably about the twenty yard line going in to score, mm-hmm. and uh, and Bowling Springs had really played well that night. I mean, right. they were really fighting hard. I mean, it's one of those games going into it that did you, right. it's an official. You think, well, we're going to be running clock, and yeah, you know. But but Bowling Springs, man, they had a lot of fight that night, and and that's one thing about Rick Tate's teams. Mm-hmm. They always fight hard. Yes, and uh, I have a lot of respect for Coach Tate, yep. and and that night in particular, you know, he he knew. Everybody mm-hmm. knew. I mean, Gaffney, eventual state champion yeah, last year. It was, Gaffney it, was loaded. It was not if, And Bowling but, Springs was yeah. – was. It, they didn't have their great – They you knew it wasn't going to be one of the greatest years. Oh, it was tough last year. It was I'll a tough that. year. <laughs> and so, Gaffney's driving. Bowling Springs is hanging tough. And, and Gaffney throws a pass. And the, the defensive back, I think it was the safety for Bowling Springs, breaks mm-hmm. on the ball. Right. And, and, you know, from my vantage point – Right. And, and from coach's vantage point, it looked like a simultaneous con- contact. Ball pops in the air. Um, right. Boiling Springs intercepts the ball. Right. And, and starts going the other way. Yeah. Um, a flag is thrown by the back judge, right. who I'm a good friend with. Right. And, uh, com- he's got a better vantage point than I had. He's cl- much closer to the play. Right. Um, and uh, he throws the flag for pass interference. Okay. We'll, we'll – Needless to say, we get together, we kind of talk through everything, figure out what's going on, get the penalty kind of assessed. And as I'm coming back to the sidelines, Coach Tate is out well past the numbers. <laughs> well past well the past numbers. The numbers. <laughs> uh, and, and I've been calling JV ball and everything right. for Coach Tate for, you know, for, right. for 13 years. So I've gotten to know him pretty well. Right. And he is just – He's out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he is hot, and 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 when I say that, it, I and he is he is just going off, and he's you know I'm the closest guy, mm-hmm. so he is he's you know he, I know who he's mad at, I know why he's upset. <laughs> um, there's nothing I can do about it. You can't pick up the flag. Or I mean, we've we've talked about there's it. There's no replay in high school right. ball. We, yeah. We've talked about it. The back judge stuck with his call. Um, and, and and so he is just losing his mind, and he's you know pointing out at the back judge and Coach Tate. If you listen to this, I love you, man, and I'm not I'm not talking bad about you. I promise. I would I would have probably been worse than you uh, right. if I had been the coach that night. Right. So I I let him say his piece. I let him have his 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 way. I didn't. I could have probably very easily because he he kind of threw his hat, and I probably could have yeah. thrown a flag on him. Yeah. But I understand the situation, and this right. is where as an official. One of the things we talk about every – if you have a good referee on Friday night, right? Uh, somewhere before we go out on the field, right. he'll make a statement or somebody in that officiating crew will make a statement, hey, guys, remember, don't check your common sense at the door. 
Right. We're out there to do a job. Right. But no, there's not a, even if my wife comes, mm-hmm. there's nobody in the stands there to see me. Right. Even if my wife's there. She's right. not there to watch me. She's you there blend, to watch You blend in as a part of the mechanics of the game. If, if I can go into a, into a contest mm-hmm. and nobody ever know I'm there, mm-hmm. well, what I've had a great night. Yeah. Um, you know, if you see an infraction, you have a yellow flag. That's why we're there. We're there to police and control the game, to keep right. it, keep the kids safe, all those kind of things. So he loses, you know, I, and I, I gently walk him back to the sidelines, and, um, and I genuinely, I thought he was getting tossed that night. Well, I, just watching it from the and, sidelines. And, and honestly, I mean, and I'm not saying this about me. I, I have a lot more leeway, right. probably with coaches than some guys do, just because I know who I, know who I am, mm-hmm. and I know I am a competitive to the. Right. I mean, if we're playing, if me and you are playing tiddlywinks, I'm wanting <laughs> to beat your brains in. I mean, that's just that's the way I'm wired. Uh, so I get that. No mercy. And also, I have no problem. Right. I have no problem with a coach going to bat for his player because mm-hmm. I understand that, and I've and I've seen that. I've I've been a recipient of the coach going to bat for me, and I appreciate that. So I'm right. going to let I'm especially in a, in a situation like that with a call like that. That's what talking about not checking your common sense. Right. Know the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you'll see even on on Friday on Saturdays or Sundays or, or Fridays, you know, there's some officials that have a trick a, a, a very quick trigger. Right. Um, I'm not one of those guys. Um, some guys do. I'm not saying they're bad officials; they just have a different temperament. Yeah. And I've also learned, um, you know, there's there's a Bible verse that talks about that when mm-hmm. you're dealing with a coach that's that's just out of his mind like that and is irate about something, right. whether you've done it or somebody else has done it. Right. You know, I think it's Proverbs tells us that a, mm-hmm. that a soft answer turns away wrath. Right. And so if I go back at him mm-hmm. angry, it's probably going to escalate quickly. But if I can just keep a tone of voice that's yeah. normal, calm, it'll usually calm the situation down. Yeah. But so we we got Coach Tate back to the sidelines, and <laughs> and a pro, I think Gaffney went on to score, and, and the rear end whipping continued. <laughs> yes, and Gaffney went on to score, but we. We uh we got down on the other end getting ready for the kickoff and and I guess the rest of Bowling Springs staff and players yeah. are kind of up on the other end of the field waiting on the kick and Coach Tate kind of wanders down behind me on the sidelines and he just kind of gets over in my ear and just to give you a little <laughs> this is what happens every Friday right. at some point he right. says man thank you for letting me vent <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> he he, came, he said he's man I I really appreciate you letting me vent and not right. not flagging me I said Coach everybody needs to vent every once in a while right. Right, and that was it, and we and we went on. And then, um, from from my perspective, he walks over to me at some point between all that, and and because he he threw a couple choice words at you, and and he walks over to me. And he says, "Forgive me, preacher. I've, I've said, you know, I, I know you heard what I said to you to your friend over there for." Yeah. And I was like, "Not me that you need to be asking forgiveness for." That's but right. I said, I told him, I said, "There's sometimes where." You gotta, you know that that has to be let go, and not mm-hmm. not you know condoning it, but you know right. you gotta vent you gotta somehow. Vent. And that, and that's what he he said that and I said, Coach, you know every everybody needs an avenue to vent sometimes, and right. I knew the situation, and you know unless he had really gotten personal with me, right? You know there was no way I'm flagging him on that because I, I know it was a con- I mean it was it was a bang bang call, right? And it was a really quick call. Really, really and, and quick none call. of us and none of us are perfect. I, yeah. I, there, there's, I guarantee you, there's calls I've missed. And, and I think what set that situation up that led to him blowing up was that the back judge had there had been some questionable calls leading up to mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, and and oh, of yeah. course, I don't know anything about officiating or anything like that, but I just know 
Right. The process, and, and, and that was kind of what blew the lid off the top. And we're and, 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 and if you're a sports fan, and, and I am, right. I'm a huge uh, sports fan. I, I'm a big college football fan. Right. Um. Uh. You know, I, I love it. Uh. Let me let me just throw it all out the window here. Right. And, and throw it all out on the table here. Right. I can assure you that there is never a conversation that has happened mm-hmm. in an officials meeting mm-hmm. that says, "Hmm, let's see who we can make win this game." Right. Um, I, I know so many times officials get blamed for right. this team losing or that team winning, or you know, or whatever. Um, I can assure you that the guys that go out on that field, the guys that I call with anyway, right. um, and I've made that statement before too, right. and I, I realize how ridiculous it is as soon as I say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, those officials are not out there trying to make one team win or lose the game. Right. They're calling what they see, mm-hmm. uh, and they're trying to do the best they can to just officiate a football game. Yeah, now, do you usually try – like for you, you, you just mentioned to me that you're a chaplain, you're a chaplain character coach for the Landon football, mm-hmm. football team. Um, when it, when Landrum comes up on the schedule, do they know not to put Mark on that? In South Carolina, there's two two teams that I can't call. Landrum? Landrum, because I live in that community. Okay. And Easley, because I graduated from there. Okay. So, so for are, me, it would be Bowling Springs. I could not call correct. anything involving Bowling right. Springs High School. Well, you could on varsity level. On varsity level. Now, I, I call a lot of JV games up here in Landrum and – Right, and uh, you know they, they they enjoy me being here because right. they know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give them a fair game. Right, uh, but but you know and I but I know those kids. I mean I'm I'm on the field, but that doesn't. If anything, quite honestly, they probably would rather be not called because I'm probably harder on Landrum than I am just so that yeah. nobody thinks I'm showing favoritism. Right, and that's that's really a lot of times the reason that they don't allow you to call those those games is because right. most time of you're you're not gonna cheat either mm-hmm. way, but. You know, sometimes you might be harder on your your home mm-hmm. team right. than you would be on the other team, just because you don't want anybody to think you are right. showing favoritism. So, what's the what's the hardest game you've ever officiated? What what, and that, that may lead mm-hmm. into maybe a, a blown call that you've made, or um, because we we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that in the history of you you refing, and I don't want to get you in trouble or anything no, like that. No. Like, but was there a time where you blew a call? And I, bad things happen. I don't. I don't. I, what? I, don't, I don't. I can't think of a. I can't think of an occasion where a call that I made had a, had a direct effect on the outcome of right. a game. Um, there's been times when I've probably. I don't know. If there's ever been a call I've made that I thought mm, that really wasn't a foul. Right. There's probably been times that there's fouls that have happened. Right. That I thought I probably should have threw a flag there. Right. Um, and maybe you know, maybe a kid runs for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and you think, mm, man, I probably, there's a block in the back. There was a block in the back, yeah. or well, or maybe a a, a borderline holding call mm-hmm. that I could have called that I didn't. Right. Um, you know, little, little things like that. Um, oh, will, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I will. I will say the the one that the one that I felt it didn't it didn't affect the outcome of the game. Bowling Springs again. I don't know what right. it is about things happening at Bowling Springs. But yeah. This was a JV game at Bowling Springs. I'm running line judge. I know Coach Guest now. Yeah. I'm good so, friends with I'm good friends with Jay, so be so, careful. <laughs> and this has been a few years ago because now most of the time if I'm working on a Thursday night, I'm usually running a, a referee. I'm running a white hat yeah. on Thursday nights. But I was running line judge. Bowling Springs was, was winning the game fairly big. Right. Um, and, and But the quarterback, they were kind of running the read option, mm-hmm. RPO kind of thing. And I never forget – yeah, he's been handing the ball off, handing the ball off, handing the ball off, handing the ball off, handing the ball off. Mm-hmm. Well, 
yeah, I see the play go down the, up the middle. The, the the running back or fullback, whoever it was, you know, gets it. He goes to the ground. Well, I'm following it. I'm running in, and I, you know, I run in, and blow my whistle. Well, the quarterback had pulled the ball. <gasps> he is running down the sidelines for a touchdown, oh, and we have an inadvertent no. whistle that calls back that touchdown. So, Mark. Yeah, that is probably one of the. That's one of the most bonehead things did, that I've done. Did that cost the game? No, thankfully okay. it didn't. Bowling Springs was up; they were up pretty big, so they ended up going on to win. But, but I mean, but in the co- but the coaching staff at Bowling Springs really gave me a hard time on that one. They said we yeah. finally got. They've been telling the quarterback all night long, pull the ball, man. You've got it wide open. Right. The the one time he finally pulls the ball out of the option and yeah. he runs it, he's going for a touchdown. Yeah. And dummy me blows a whistle. Now, have you he, being a line judge or even in your interaction back judge, mm-hmm. white hat, whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been ran over? Yes. I, well, not really, not run over terribly. Right. Um, I've been, there's a, there's a couple of times I've gotten kind of in the middle of had to jump over a pile mm-hmm. or, or, or gotten knocked down on the sidelines. Right. Probably one of the, the most painful things really wasn't that big of a deal, but it was uh, upper state champion, no, lower state champion, lower oh. state championship game last year. Right. Uh, Dutch Fork and Sumter. Ooh. Um, like first or second play of the game. Right. It's cold. It's it's mm. the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we're in Columbia. And uh this big linebacker kid for Sumter. Whew. I mean, he's a he's a stout kid. Right. Um and, and the plays come into my sidelines. Um, you know, I do like I'm supposed to do. I, I get behind the play, guy runs out of bounds. I'm coming up to spot the where he goes out of bounds at. And this right. linebacker for Sumter is I mean, he's running full speed. Not letting up. And he steps on my left foot mm. in his cleats, mm. and my feet are already kind of cold because it's. And I, at first, I didn't know mm. if I was gonna. I mean, it was like, okay, did he just break my, did my? I may have a broken foot here. Right. Um, but thankfully, kept going a few plays, and everything kind of eased up. But I, I had some serious sore toes and, wow. and sore feet uh, for a few days after that. But right. um, that was, you know. Yes, yes, you, you're going to get rolled up. Had a good friend that actually actually was in on that crew mm-hmm. that night that last year uh, got rolled up and, and had a severe uh, injury, broken um, tibia, and mm. uh, had to have some surgery. He's, you know, hopefully he's going to be able to get back and, and right. officiate with it. He lives over toward the Easley Way, right. but um, good official, young guy. So there's kind of two directions I, I want to kind of go before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, one – Let's talk about parents as as far as the the things that you get yelled at from the stand, oh, yeah. stands. Um, they can get mean and ugly Absolutely. and hateful and Absolutely. spiteful because what's funny is it's never the kid's fault or lack of talent or right. poor decision or whatever. Once again, it's, it's, always the, it's the ref thing. trying to throw the game. Well, you know when you put those stripes on. Right. Every time you throw a flag, half the people are happy, half the people are mad. Right. And um, – I've had you know I've had all kind of so things. pastor in a church must be easy. Oh, it's simple. <laughs> yeah, I, I get asked all the time when I tell people I pastor, and then I also officiate. Right. They said, what, "Do you like have a glutton for punishment or what?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, I said, "Well, it prepares you for it." Right. Um, but yeah, you know, yes, that I, honestly, that's one of the biggest things right now. Um, if, if you've watched the news or, or mm-hmm. you follow sports at all, you you realize it's and especially more so, more so in the in the youth sports. Yeah, area now, but um, 
But even getting into the high school, there is a severe shortage of officials. I mean, I know this year, uh, middle school JV basketball games, mm. middle school C team baseball games have gotten postponed, canceled, right. had to be rescheduled because there's just not enough officials to cover games. Right. And and, and a lot of that has to do with what you have to deal with. Um, I, I, I've there's been a few times we were at we were at Gaffney. Um, Gosh, this has been probably eight or nine years ago. Right. JV game, a big call was made. Right call. It was the mm-hmm. right call. Um, co- you know, of course, cost Gaffney the game. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a tight game. It was Gaffney Burns on a Friday. That's on a, one town you don't want on your back. But. That is true. <laughs> and I mean, and we're, we're like walking off the, the field after the game is no, ended. No, wait, 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 Mark. It's the reservation. Uh, we're, we're walking off the reservation. <laughs> Uh, and, and and we hear people yelling from the Gaffney side, I'm watching what car you get in, you know, that kind right, of stuff like right. that, which you, you kind of take with a grain of salt. Right. Um, I will say probably the most thought I've ever put into, mm-hmm. mm, I may have to fight my way out of here, was this year. Um, no. I, I, now, I, I've been blessed. I've worked state championships the last two years right. in, high, in college football, okay. in high school football. Uh First last year uh, was was fortunate enough to work the uh, AC Flora North Myrtle Beach 4A state championship okay. game, and then this so past you, year you've got a preview of what's going to happen with Bowling Springs Dorman already. Yes, good coaches, good coaches, very good, good coaches. Yeah, from what I've seen with Coach Real so far, he's very 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 sorry. well organized, very good coaches. Right. I think I think both were great hires. Right. Um, so this past, but then this year I was able to work the 1A state championship game, but in the upper state, no. It's a week before the Upper State Championship, uh, South Point at Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in Greenwood. In Greenwood, uh, great, great football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenwood kind of came out and took off early. Looked like Greenwood was going to walk away. South mm-hmm. Point, it was kind of the tale of two halves. Mm-hmm. South Point really came out second half and, and was doing well. Took the lead. Um, uh, Greenwood had the football. No, South Point had the football um, late in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think maybe Greenwood's down a touchdown. Right. South Point has the ball. It's third down. Third down and in, in, in somewhat long. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, South Point drops back to throw a pass. And this is on the opposite, opposite side of the field of me. Right. And, of course, at this time of the year, we have seven officials, so we got mm-hmm. a deep wing uh, as well. The deep wing uh, calls a pass interference call. Mm. And it was – I mean – I couldn't tell. I mean, it's so far away from me, I couldn't see right. what it was. But, I mean, hey, that guy's right on top of it. He throws the flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Greenwood fans obviously don't like that because it right. it wasn't – you know, pass interference in high school league is not an automatic first down anymore. Right. But it was it was like it was like second – it was like third and 13. Right. <laughs> so, 15 yards, get a first, first down. Get a first down. Uh, South Point ends up scoring, kind of putting the game away a little bit. Wow. Uh, I mean – as we were leaving, we're, we're walking off the field on South Point side. The Greenwood fans have came around to that side, and they're they're shouting. They are really shouting stuff at us. My goodness! Um, you know, at that point, we had one one police officer with us. No. And finally, you know, two or three more come up, and that's the only time I've really felt like, okay, guys, we need to get moving. Because uh, yeah. you know, a couple of the officials were kind of lagging behind a little bit, mm-hmm. getting off the field, and and I'm like, guys, we need to get in that locker room. Yeah, because I mean, it's a, it was a big game. Greenwood hasn't really gone that deep in the playoffs in a while. Yeah, and they really thought they had a good shot at maybe getting to or even winning a state championship this right. year because South Point ends up winning the state, and yeah. Greenwood had them first half. 
Wow. So um, that's really the only time. But, but yeah, I mean, I can see how guys would just say, um, you know, uh, I don't – I can see why they would say, and it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see that. And, and, and we need to realize that while we all lo- – and, and I told you earlier, I love to compete. I love to win. Right. It's still just a game. Right. And, you know, and, and these kids have fought hard. And that's why it is so important. And I want, and I want people to know that we as officials, we do take it seriously. And I'm going right. to tell you, I, I will um, – if I'm rating an official, if, if I think he doesn't know the rules mm-hmm. or if I think he's out there and he just doesn't really care, I'll rate him down faster than anything because – Mm-hmm. Because I take pride in what I do. Right. Um, I love being around the game of football. Right. I love being. I love being around those kids. Right. And it's amazing the in, just the little impact you can make on a, on a, on a student's life it's just a, by being a positive influence. It's on a them. different world between the sideline and the stands. Yeah. It is totally a different. Completely world. different world. Um, well, the coaches know they they know what they can get away with. They also right. know the game. Right. You know, you I, I, a couple back in 2018, I unfortunately had to have. Uh, triple bypass heart surgery you have i did oh, um gosh. i had found it thankfully didn't have a heart attack but so right. so that season i didn't work it was, i had the surgery in july so wow. i wasn't healed enough to, to to work that year right and um i got to sit in the stands a lot mm-hmm. and oh my goodness just yeah. the, the the things that i hear in the stands and of course people that i know i had a, a cousin's child who was a senior that year at chapman right. so i would i would go down and sit down and watch games right and, of course, every time there's a flag thrown, everybody looks at me. Yeah, you know, because they know. Th- I'm, what do you think? What do you think? And, yeah. uh, and you know, and, and and I understand that. And, and honestly, I'll, I'll tell people this all the time: you may have seen that play better from the stands than that official saw it on the field, mm-hmm. because you're further back. You see the larger perspective. When we're down there, there may be a 275 pound lineman that just stepped yeah. in front of me, and I didn't see even what yep. happened. Yep. Um. But and that's why you have five or six or seven officials on the field. Right. But yeah. But just. The idea that, that that a lot of fans walk into the, they walk into this stadium thinking these guys in these striped shirts are here to mm-hmm. to get one over on us. Yeah, that just is not so, true. That is so not true. So not true. Those guys are out there trying to do the best they can. Yeah, because because what what the pe- the people that organize the referees for the game mm-hmm. have removed anybody that would have any bias of the game. Absolutely. So that Absolutely. there can be a fair game called. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's you and know. these and these guys we're all professionals. I mean, we we try to be professionals right. at what we do. Right. Um, for the parent, you know, you see the kids, you see the parents, and I and I think we're, we're talking about this that the money involved post now it, it's dribbling down is is dripping down to the high school level Correct. with with nil. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got kids that are being offered, you know, by big money. I, you you've got. Texas backing up dunk tr- dump trucks of money to to <laughs> offensive linemen to get them to go to Texas, right? Um, and and there's got to be some reform on that end. Not, Correct. You know that's talk for another day. Um, but the pressure. Do, do you think that that the reason the parents react the way they react is because they they think that little Johnny's going to be the next Trevor Lawrence or the next? That's whoever. a lot of it. I mean, we listen. I had a, I had one daughter who who played who played softball all the way through high school. Right. You know, thought at one time she might play some college ball. She decided she didn't want to do that. Having a dad who played in college and kind of right. telling her it's a different world when you get there right. um, may have helped that a little bit. But um, I, I do think that's part of the problem. Right. And, and it's, you know, if one call by an official, if it's mm-hmm. one 
bad strike call or right. you know or one non strike call if your mm-hmm. son's the pitcher or if it's one you know non late hit or we we could go on and on with the different calls football basketball right. baseball whatever right if if one call ruins your child's opportunity he probably <laughs> never had really an opportunity anyway <laughs> um and we need to realize too and i saw something just recently that that someone i think posted on one of the social media that i want to say that there's only like two percent of high mm-hmm. school athletes that actually go on to play on the college level and it's even less that go on to play professionally it's oh like, it's like it's, it's less, like than, less 1%. than one percent yeah. that, that make it so i tell people all the time and because i played mm-hmm. um you're and i played with some really good ball players mm-hmm. that were much better than me that didn't make it yep you're much better off instead of going out and spending thousands upon thousands of dollars staying in hotels and travel ball <laughs> exactly and, and you know and, and my daughter played some travel ball right right, right, I, right. of course we you know we i have a whole nother beef with that and the whole sunday thing and right and keeping kids out of church that, and that, that, kind of that stuff. question's coming by the way so yeah. if you want to so, go ahead um i have a whole nother beef with that which which we did when, we, when my daughter played you know she right. was a pretty good athlete you know and i and, and one of the best athletes to come through um Landrum High School is a female, Sarah Price, who plays right. shortstop at, at USC Upstate right now. She mm-hmm. played travel ball, but her parents are devoted Christians, and they we all let our teams know when we went in, hey, look, if we played during church hours on Sunday morning, we won't be there. Right. And if more if more parents would would, would care more about their child's faith upbringing right. than they would about their child's sports upbringing, right. we could change the scenario. Right. I, I always go back to the notion of, of – Parents are disciple makers, one way or another. One way or another, yep. and they are—they're either going to make a disciple of the, mm-hmm. you know, what we would say, the world, yeah. and teaching them to value the mm-hmm. things of the world, or they're going to make them a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's right. And 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 so that that, but then it begs the question too: How can on the flip side of that, from what I've seen with FCA, mm-hmm. is that there are a lot of godly men and and, and women and, and and players on these sidelines, right? that just can't make it to Wednesday night church or yeah. Sunday morning church yeah. because their bodies are beat up, tore up, they're tired, mm-hmm. all of those other things. Yeah. Pastor, what? how do we minister to those people? How do, what, what do I we think do? We, I think we've got to look at other alternatives. I think we, right. we've got, we, we no longer live in a culture of, hey, the doors are open, show up. Right. It may be that we take it to them. And, and I'll say this, we've got some people in our church who – who are very involved in the travel ball circuit. One of them has been a coach, and that's when the tournaments are played. Right. So what he's done is he takes his – and he um, he does uh, basically a, a, a Sunday school lesson. Right. He has his team there. He does a Sunday school lesson with them on Sunday morning before they play. Right. Um, you know, we see that happen with, with professional golf, with professional mm-hmm. baseball, racing. They right. all have chaplaincy, FCA-type ministries right. that are various ministries. And I think that's really what where would where would Jesus be? All right. He he. I mean, if if there's people out there to be reached. Now I, I'm not. I'm a pastor, so I, I believe in right. the local church. I, I'm I'm passionate about the local right. church. There is an important importance for the assembling of the body for encouragement. Absolutely. For other, but for at believers. the same time, yeah. there may be seasons in people's lives where they can't be there as much. So what are we doing as a church? I think the challenge to the church is what are we doing. To make sure that we take the message of the gospel and discipleship right. to them. If right. that guy's beat up and can't meet on, right. he can't come to church on Wednesday night. You know, me as a pastor, maybe maybe I, I call him and say, "Hey, could you meet me for coffee on Tuesday mornings?" Right. Or and take let, coffee to him in the dugout and the, and, or in his yeah, office, and let's sit there and, and let's yeah. let's have a conversation. Let's talk. Right. Let's let's read through the Gospel of John together. Let's read through right. a passage of scripture 
let's talk. Let's right. how can I pour into him so that he can be more effective in reaching those kids? Because really and truthfully, that that really is our arena. Mm. I mean, why are we not as churches? Why are we sitting back? And this is one of the things that that I I'm, we're not doing near enough of here at Landrum first, right. but but that we need to do is why are we sitting back and pointing our finger at the world and saying why are you doing that instead of saying okay they're out there that's what they're doing what's the solution how can we get out there to them yeah. how can we go out and instead of having to all of our people just have to have to gather up on sunday right. why not we send a contingent of people out to right. cherry you know to, to cherry park in rock right. in rock hill or down here to the spartanburg sports complex in, mm-hmm. in duncan and and do ministry while we're out right. there. Walk around and talk to people. Right. And have right. have places where they can come and, and have a or set up a tent. Where hey, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a worship service before we get started today. Or right. yeah, you know, there's there's ways we've got to look at because I think that's what you, know, you ask the question. What would Jesus do? That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I get frustrated with all that too. I get frustrated even around here uh, and, and around all. But we've got great coaches mm-hmm. here. You know, but there's only so many hours in the day. You got to get to school, right? And, and you got to practice and. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we're we're trying to do things all we can right. to make sure that there are opportunities available to disciple, to right. grow. If it means we meet at a different time, a different right. night, then let's not just keep blaming everybody. Let, let's let's try to engage the culture right. and see if we can't change right. that somewhat. Right. But at the same time, you know, what is the definition of insanity? To keep doing the same thing right. over and over and expect different results. Right. And and plus on the top of that. Coaches are less likely to even engage you if you're sitting over there throwing rocks at them from a distance, rather than which getting is annoyed. why we do what we do. I, right. Myself and, and our student pastor Graham right. McDonald. Yeah, we um we both volunteer. I mean, he's been the chaplain. He I've been the chaplain for Landrum football for oh goodness the last probably five six seven years since Coach right. Farmer's been here. Um, and every Tuesday I go over to the school mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock. He, he invites me in, mm-hmm. and before practice, all the players are there. We right. do devotion with them. We right. share we share scripture with them. Mm-hmm. I've helped do leadership development uh, right. with them. Uh, right. Graham, my student pastor, is doing the same thing with, with football and now with baseball. Right. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to engage, and mm-hmm. we've had some of those students come to our church. We've, right. Some of those students have gone on retreats with our student ministry. Right. Uh, we've reached out to some of those parents. We've heard good co- feedback. So, you know, we're we're doing what we can to try to engage our culture. We're right. we're work we're partnering together with another ministry that you're familiar with, Fire Pit Ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're going to even try to do some things in, now, the, in the elementary schools in the fall to try and you yeah. know, just looking at and, and with FCA. I mean, right. FCA has been a a huge part of mm-hmm. of our ministry here and, and always will be. I'm an right. FCA character coach, so is Graham. Right. And and we use those. We we partner with as many ministries as we can to try to get involved yeah. in schools and. Yep. other things to, to help and it's it's really i tell a lot of a lot of pastors a lot of people that i speak with about the ministry of fca is where the world is shutting the front door to the school the coaches and athletes are opening up the back door yeah uh, you know i have a good right. relationship with todd staley at Spartanburg high school um you know evan moxie at bullen springs mm-hmm. uh you know lynn fleming at broom you know coach lewis at at, at chesney yeah they all i i literally can walk to the doors of their office knock knock on windows and they will open up doors and let me in Absolutely. without having to go to the front to the front office. So that's um, that's the great thing about the ministry of FCA. Absolutely. Um, but kind of before we wrap up here, um, I, I really you know 
somebody in the area of Landrum wants to come see you, you know, here, uh, First Baptist Landrum, what, what, where can they find you? Where's your contact we're, information? We, of course, we, if, if we've had a lot of folks through, through the COVID stuff who's checked us right. out online, fbclandrum.com. Right. Um, we have our website, so that has a lot of information about our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at 300 East Rutherford Street in Landrum, South Carolina, right across from CVS. We are downtown Scenic Landrum. Scenic downtown Landrum. Scenic downtown Landrum. Yep. Uh, we have services 8.30 and 10.45 on Sunday mornings. Um, love to have folks come join us and, and check yep. things out. Uh, we you know, we have a Bible study on, on Wednesday nights and, and mm-hmm. of course, a lot of other ministries going on at that yep. time as well with our children and students. We have great children's ministries and student yep. ministries and uh, some women's and men's ministries. Right. And so we, there's, a, there's a lot of places to get plugged in right. and a lot of places to... to to get involved in ministry, right. great student pastor, great, great uh, student the pastor. the Wednesday night services for your students. When did when did they get rolling? They start about six anywhere between six thirty six forty five. Okay, uh, we, I think they try to really get cranked up by six forty five. Okay, um, but yeah, those are going on. Have small groups that, that meet on Sunday evenings mm-hmm. uh, with with their student ministry. Uh, okay. That's kind of wrapping up for the school year. And they do some different things on on, uh, but the normal Wednesday night worship service is there and right. Just a, a lot of a lot of good things. We're excited about the future here. Yeah, awesome, and it's and it's cool to see, um, especially I know, and we could we could even talk about you know revitalization and mm-hmm. all those fun things. Right. Uh, I think that's for another another podcast yeah. too. But uh, Mark, man, thanks so much for sitting down Great with us. Um, this has been a very interesting conversation to see the world from the referee side of things, <laughs> um, and. Just know, just know the next time that I'm on sidelines, I'm going to test that theory of of arguing with you for show just <laughs> to see what I'm not. One thing, before, which is easier, and, and this will be my last question and we'll wrap up. Yeah. Which is easier, um, conflict resolution with, with a church member or conflict resolution on the sideline with a coach? <laughs> you know the answer to that. It's the sidelines with a coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And with that, with that, I, I won't let you elaborate so you don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, Mark, man, thanks for sitting down with me here at the table. Thanks, um, the thanks, everybody, for listening. All of Mark's information is going to be listed uh, in the comment section below. Um, and, of course, uh, please share, like, and subscribe to the Table Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Table. Any information about today's guests will be in the comments section of this episode. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, feel free to email us, thetablepodcastsc at gmail.com. See you next week here at The Table.